This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. Continue this morning with the series we started, Secret Place Prayer. And I think that many times we think once we get saved, everything's automatic. We think that grace is automatic. But really, it's not that way. We have to respond to what God has done. Is We can say that God loves you, but it doesn't mean anything to you if you don't get involved with that love. Grace has been freely given to us in Christ, but that grace doesn't help you unless you receive that grace. We have a part to play. That's the reason you have people, uh, different denominations that believe because God sent Jesus who died on the cross and forgave us of all of our sins that everyone is saved. And like I used to say as a little boy, I'd say, uh-uh. That's <laughs> not true. You've got to respond to what Jesus did for us, to the price that was paid. So it's freely given, but we believe and respond to it. Some people say, well, that's a, that's a work that you're doing. It's not a work. Believing is not a work. Jesus did the work. He did it all for us. And we receive. But secret place, going into God to pray in that secret place, is an invitation. That does you no good if you don't enter into it. That you release your faith and go into the place of prayer, knowing that your Father in heaven is hearing you. In fact, the, the Word says that we are welcome. We have an invitation to boldly come into the throne room of grace and to receive help in time of need. But it does you no good if you never come into the throne room. <laughs> it knows you, does you no good to buy that expensive exercising machine if you never use it. It does you no good to watch the Olympics and feel like you're getting in better shape with each stroke. Michael Phelps says, boy, I'm just getting in better shape. Does you no good. You hadn't touched the water. <laughs> and you're eating while you're watching him do it. You've got to get involved. You've got to respond to what God has done for us. So we're going to look at uh, a couple scriptures. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 6, this is Jesus speaking. When you pray, go into your room. When you've shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. How many want a God reward? You know, we have a promise right here that God will reward you for going into the secret place and praying. How many know that God's rewards are pretty good? They're awesome. He said, shut the door. You got to shut out, you got to make a decision to shut off the TV, Olympics, shut the door and spend time with God. It might be you're, you're busy, you shut the door to your car, turn the radio off, and you spend time with God and drive safely as you do. 
But we've got to make a decision to spend that time. Verse 7, And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask Him. Father knows what you need before you ask. It's just like your kids. You know their needs. They need food and shelter, clothing. They, need, they have needs. But He's a good Father, and He will provide for us. But we're in a new covenant. And we've talked about this some, but the old covenant, they didn't know what God was going to do. <laughs> they were trying to get God to do something. But in the new covenant, the work is already complete in Christ Jesus. The finished work of the cross. His death, burial, and resurrection completely covered everything that could pertain to your life and godliness. In other words, God's not going to do anything else. He's already done it. So we don't go to him praying and begging and pleading. Can you imagine one of your kids coming, your refrigerator's full, and they come begging, you know, begging dad, please let me have some food, please let me have some food. No. I mean, what would you want to do? You'd want to slap your kid. What's wrong with you? Come out of it. Get in there and get some food, <laughs> you know. Well, Father has provided everything for us that you will ever face in this life. And he's given us the solution and he's given us the answer. He's given us the promise. He's promised us. If God promises you, you can bank on it. And he's a good father. And he wants to give us everything in the kingdom. And the Bible says it's his good pleasure to give us the kingdom. We need to give God some good pleasure. Amen? So this new covenant model is a new contract. God didn't change. He's an unchanging God. He, didn't, he wasn't one way in the Old Testament and a different way in the New. It's because his nature, he never changes. It's just the terms of the contract, the agreement changed. Because of what he did through Jesus, now he deals with us differently because we've been qualified because of the blood of Jesus, because of the cross. We've been qualified for all the blessings because of him, because of Jesus. So now we are sons and not servants. Well, I'm a servant of God. Well, that, that's fine. How are you serving? you serving by serving other people. We're servants to the world, but let me tell you, your relationship with God is son. Or daughter. So Jesus didn't come to produce more servants or more slaves, as the scriptures say. He came to produce sons and daughters. He wanted family. And the very word father speaks of family. God is a God of family. And he loves us. In 2 Peter 1 verse 2, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord as His divine power is given to us all things. Say all things. Now, when you look this up in the Greek, you'll find out that it means all things. All things. All things that pertain to life 
and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Now, God has given us desires, but when we get in trouble is when we take those desires outside of his boundaries, outside of his word, and try and get those fulfilled outside of God, and then we, we move into destruction. We move into problems and, and issues. But I want you to see here, God has given us everything that we need. God is not shocked when you come to him in prayer with some need and say, Gabriel, I didn't take care of that one through Jesus. Oh, no, we got a problem here. No, it was all, ta- say, all taken care of at the cross. Our prayer life connects us with the promise. And that's what I want you to see. We're not begging, pleading with God to do something. Our prayer life connects us with the promise, the promise of God. <laughs> Tell you, these, these new things are something else. You, you don't know what's going to pop up. Just have a picture of Jenna pop up on that. <laughs> we had my first shower yesterday with uh, a lot of people. <laughs> Joshua and Jenna, we had a shower for them and... Uh, uh, I, couple showers is something very new to me, and uh, but I survived it and probably gained some weight in the process. But uh, <laughs> it was a lot of fun, and um, and Jenna's mom and dad are are here today. But your daughter just pulled up. Your daughter just interrupted my message with her face. It was uh, they sent a, a picture or something, but uh, I will examine it later. <laughs> what a world we live in. <laughs> in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31, But those who wait for the Lord, who expect, look for, and hope in Him, shall change and renew their strength and power. They shall lift their wings and mount up close to God as eagles mount up, the sun, up to the sun. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint or become tired. The word wait here we think of uh, hanging out or uh, tearing and, and waiting. But really, when I looked this word up, it means to enter, um, enter wine. It's enter wine or wrap around. And it, it, it takes it out of God's hands more into my hands. I'm waiting I, with him. I'm wrapping my heart around his promises, what he has said. So I'm not waiting, and this is, of course, old covenant here. I'm not waiting for God to, to, to move on my behalf. He already moved on my behalf through Jesus Christ through the cross. But what do I do now? I wrap myself around the promises of God, and I do this through prayer. So it's, it's back in our hands. And when you study this out, this really Old Testament prophecy about the new covenant, about the cross, what we're coming, what was being brought into. And, and it's so true. You think about it. Have you ever had times you're overwhelmed? I know I have uh, 
just different issues coming up just in church, just different things you get. You just, everywhere you turn and what do you do? You go to the secret place, you get with God, and you let His peace, I wrap myself around His peace, and it becomes mine. And then I'm fine. I can, it's, it's okay to come out of the closet then. I'm not going to jump on anybody. I'm safe to be around. <laughs> because I've been in the secret place. I've wrapped myself around the promises of God and got His heart. What's it do? It renews my strength and I'm not, I will not faint. I will walk strong. Because I've been in the secret place. And see, that's the invitation that we have Besides running here and there to Dr. Phil or Oprah or whatever, run to God and let Him renew your strength. Let Him take the heaviness of your heart and let Him bring His love and His strength. It'll make all the difference. In Luke eleven two. So he said to them, when you pray, and we talked about disciples came to Jesus, one of them came and asked, how do we pray? And Jesus said to them, when you pray, say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. It's interesting to me here, we have to learn to pray, because Jesus didn't get upset and say, no, you should get this automatically, you should know how to pray. Now we get someone comes to the Lord, and they become a believer, and we just say, well, go pray. We learned to pray. And, and Jesus didn't rebuke them. He started teaching them how to pray. So we see here, we approach God as our Father. And when you think about the creator of the universe is our Father. And we call him Father. We approach him through the cross because of what Jesus did, but we approach him as Father. That's, that's hard to comprehend when you really get down the, and, and how awesome God is that we approach Him as our Father. In Romans 8, verse 15, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by which we cry out, Abba, Father. Abba, Father. The word Abba means Daddy, means Papa. The God of the universe is your daddy, your daddy God. You remember we talked about there's intimacy, but at the same time, there's all respect and worship. You can have an intimate relationship with God Almighty because it's your father, and you can call him daddy, daddy God. Now, don't just call him daddy. Make sure you put God on there too and worship him because he is God. But he wants an intimate relationship with us. You know, there's someone you can be completely free with your heart because he already knows everything about you anyway. And he loves you. You don't come to him and he condemns you. He comes, you come to him and he has a solution. He has peace for your life. He has strength for your life. There's grace. There's answers, there's strategy, there's wisdom, there's understanding. There's so many things he wants to give to us. All he says is, come to me. And he's a good father. 
He's a daddy God. He wants us to come. In fact, the word Abba was a title not to be used by slaves to a master. It was only by children. Only used by children. So when you consider that he's Abba Father, no wonder we're not begging and pleading because we have an intimate relationship with him. And just like you want to bless your kids, he wants to bless his. Even more so. He loves you. He loves your children more than you love your children. <laughs> he loves you more than you love yourself. Abba Father. New covenant is sons and daughters. You see, Jesus came to rescue us where God would have a family. How would means acknowledging as being holy. Here comes the, the God part. Hallowed. Acknowledge him as being holy. And one of the definitions of holy is not being common. Never ever, even with an intimate relationship with God, you treat God as common. And, and this happens in marriages, friendships, where that person is no longer special to you and you treat them as common and that thing goes the wrong way. But we're to never treat God as common. He's holy and he's worthy of our worship. We're to imitate God with God but to be intimate with him. We're, we're to never ever lose our worship for him lose our reference for him, to lose that place of him being special. We mess up when we, start tr we stop trusting God as special. And he's just common. But we're to treat him as holy. Now here's the thing, when, when I speak of concerning Father, there's no separation between his name and who he is. When I speak of his name, the name is never separated from who he is. And I want to look this morning at, at Father about who our God is. He has names because he's too great for one name. One name could not contain him. I love what, when Moses was going to tell the children of Israel who we're following here, he asked God, they're going to ask your name. Who do I say? And God said, I am that I am. What an answer. And that's before Papa, you know. I am that I am. Because they would ask questions back then because names meant so much. But it's very important to God. Names still mean a lot to God because he revealed himself through his names. So if we can understand his names, we can get an understanding of who he is. Knowing who God is and what he has done is where our heart can engage with him. And we can get this through his name. Ancient times, they believed if you knew the name of deity... It would give you power and influence with that deity. And there is some truth to that. The God, the Father's name that you embrace is 
the part that you will experience. The part that you worship or encounter in your prayer time is the part that you will experience. And we can approach God based on the name or the place that we need. This will make more sense uh, in, the, in a minute. Psalms 92 verse 1, It's good to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your loving kindness in the morning, your faithfulness every night, singing praises to his name. Why? Because when I sing praises to his name, I'm calling out his name, I'm actually worshiping him because that name represents who he is and what he has done. It represents every aspect of him that that name contains. Now, the root, and whenever you find the word worship or praise in the Bible, you'll, you'll look at the root. Most of the time, it means to say back, to say back. So when I worship and praise God, what I'm doing, I'm saying back to him who he tells me he is. I'm saying back to him and saying, I believe you are who you say you are. And that's what worship is. It's acknowledging that he is truth, that what he said about himself is true. Now, once you start believing that, you can start believing what he says about you is true. And you can become strong, strong in that. So, same back to God who he said he is. The children of Israel wanted to know the name because they wanted to see how God would express himself through that name. That's what they were looking for. Of course, he blew them out of the water and said, I am that I am. John chapter 5, verse 43. I've come, into my, I've come in my Father's name. Jesus came in the name of his Father. And we're going to look at redemptive names for just a few moments, but he came representing Father, but he said, I came in his name. And you could receive him or not. And you did not receive me. If another comes in his own name, him you will receive. So we choose him. We choose Jesus or we choose Father. He, he reveals himself through his names. And we choose to receive him or not. God didn't force anything on any of us. That's just not his way. He wants our will involved. He wants us to choose him, to accept him. That's the way faith operates. And, and that's the reason, you know, some Christians think, well, I'm a Christian. Nothing bad should happen to me. Nothing, I shouldn't go through anything. But if we believe what he says in his word, it says trouble will come. Challenges will come. Well, Pastor, I've never been through a problem or a challenge. Well, you haven't lived long enough. You're still in the nursery. I'm just picking you up. <laughs> we all face things, but we act surprised when something happens. I'm a Christian. This shouldn't be happening to me. That's not what the Word says. Look at the life of Paul. It says that he's a high tower. He's a refuge to us, and the righteous run to it, run into that tower, that shelter, Psalms 91 talks about he's a refuge in a fortress. Now, you don't need a refuge in a fortress if, if you don't have any issues, nothing you're facing, right? Why do you need to run into a tower of protection? Because there's something out there. <laughs> it's, 
It's stalking you. No. There's something out there that is opposed to the kingdom of God. It's not going to be perfect till you get to heaven. Somebody's telling me, I'm, I'm tired of these challenges and the trouble and all the stuff going on in my life. I want to stop. Would you pray for me? Yes. Lord, take him home now. Let him die. Kill him. <laughs> oh, I didn't want you to pray that. Well, you just said you didn't want any issues, any trouble. <laughs> he stopped my prayer. Okay. You will experience the presence of God that is in alignment with the name of God you're, you're acknowledging. So we approach God, our Father, based on his name. We want to experience. It's not a magic formula. It's a relationship. It's getting an understanding of what that word, uh, that name means. So you see this in your notes. These are redemptive names. That means they were, um, they were in the Hebrew God was revealing himself through his name, and you have the word Jehovah, and that's a self-existing one who reveals himself by telling his name. He tells us his, his definition of who he is. He reveals himself by his name. So maybe we should know his name. He's the one who did not come into being and will always be. Now, that'll tilt your brain. He never came into being, and he will always be, and he's Jehovah. Wow. <laughs> That's your daddy. You were born into his family, but he was never born. Nobody bore him. <laughs> he's always been around. Mm. So Jehovah joined to another Hebrew word is what we call redemptive or covenant names, and they all point to Jesus. So these are some names that you can connect with when you pray. Jehovah Sidkenu, it's your first one there, it means the Lord our righteousness. This is very, um, very powerful that we understand that the Lord is our righteousness. The Bible says that he that knew the sin became sin for us, that we might be Come, the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So I can make this declaration that if you're a child of God, you're holy. You're holy because you have his righteousness. Well, I'm not so, so sure about me. I don't think I can live this Christian life if I'm holy. Well, perfect, you're in a great place because God didn't expect you to live this Christian life on your own. He wants to empower you to live it. But when you mess up and you sin, you don't lose your salvation. God didn't fall off the throne because you messed up. He already made a perfect way for you and is sealed by the Holy Spirit. He made a way for you through Christ Jesus. There's going to be some people in heaven, you're going to be surprised they made it. Now, there's some of us, and I hope that's all of us, we want some rewards. That is based on your behavior and what you do for the Lord here on this earth. But you can't do any work to get you to heaven. It's just accepting him, believing him. Well, that's too easy. 
Well, it wasn't easy for Jesus. You know, it, it's funny, Old Testament, or you, got, you got one side, people are trying to earn their salvation, do something. They say that's too hard. Then you got the other side, it's just gracious, believing what Jesus did. Well, it's too easy. <laughs> but the gospel is good news. And look up, it's, it also means too good to be true. Is the too good to be true gospel good news? And we get in because we trust and believe what Jesus did for us at the cross when he took our sins. That's what it means that he is the Lord of our righteousness. It's not our righteousness, it's his. When you, when you come to the gate of heaven and Peter's there, as we hear he's going to be there, I don't know who got that, but we come to the gate and Peter's there, why should I let you in? All you got to do is say, Jesus, come on. <laughs> Aren't you glad that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus? And he wants to be our strength. He wants to live through us. So you get that image on the inside of you. He becomes my righteousness. That means when you do mess up, you get forgiveness, and you, you're right back to that place of peace. You're not thinking what a dog I am and all this stuff. Next one's Jehovah Shalom, the Lord our peace. And like I say, all these are in Jesus. The Lord our peace. Some people think he's uh, Jehovah chaos, that he's causing all this junk in the earth, or Jehovah conflict. <laughs> he is peace. Thank God for peace. And what do you do? You need some peace. You go say, Father, you are Jehovah Shalom. You are my peace. And I give you this. That's where you make the exchange. I give you this heaviness. I give you this whatever you're going through. Maybe, you, maybe a, a loved one went home to be with the Lord and you need peace. What do you do? You go and make that exchange. And you experience God the Father as your peace. Shalom. And you know what happens? Your heart will quiet down and peace will come. Now, you don't have to just go once. You can keep going back. How many know there's things that will steal your peace in this earth? And you run back and you get peace. That's the secret place. The world doesn't know about it. They can't get there. It's for family only. Family only can go. You have to know the password, and it's the blood of Jesus, and only family gets to go, and you can go 24-7. You're invited to come boldly into that place. You won't wake up or disturb God. He never sleeps, never slumbers. And you come on based on the righteousness of Jesus, and you come in and say, Father, I need some peace. And he says, sure, Bob, here's some peace. That's what he wants us to have in that secret place. If you watch the news very much, you need to go to the secret place for peace. You need to go in the secret place and pray for our nation. We are not going the ways of God. <laughs> we need to pray. So when this happens, no matter what happens to you on the outside, it doesn't matter. The change the transition happens on the inside of your heart. 
And when you go into your world or into your situation or you go on the job, nothing has changed there. And God's not going to change it from up there. He's going to use his children. And you come in with the peace of God in that situation. You come in with the ministry on the job or wherever you're at. You come in with the kingdom of God. Because the kingdom of God's on the inside of you. People are looking, where's the kingdom? Where's... It's inside of you. Just let it out. How do I let it out? Get in the secret place and they'll come out. It'll automatically come out if you'll get with him. It'll change your life. Life will slow down and you'll be at peace. There'll be a rest in you, a peace in you. People will say you're in denial. Something's wrong with you. <laughs> Quickly, Jehovah Nissi, the Lord our banner. This means uh, the Lord of victory over our lives. Also, we carry the banner of the cross. The banner over us is love. When they had armies that would fight, there would be a banner that they would hold up the king of the kingdom that they were representing in that battle. And we hold up the cross. We hold up the banner of victory in Christ Jesus. So we have the victory. You're facing a situation where you're not seeing victory. You need to get in the secret place and get with Jehovah Nissi, the banner of victory in your life. Jehovah Rafi, uh, Rohe, uh, the Lord my shepherd. So grateful that he's our shepherd. He's a good shepherd. Now, when I think of a shepherd, I think about those streams of water, and you're just there feeding and feasting, and the good shepherd has led you there. You need direction in your life? Well, you, need, you don't need to come to him as Jehovah as Shalom. You need to come to him and, and receive from the good shepherd because he directs your path. He will show you which way to go. He will lead and guide you. You got some questions, you don't know which way to turn, go to the good shepherd. He'll direct you to where the good water is, where the good grass is, where the good food is. We don't want you smoking anything. Okay. Jehovah Rapha, uh, the God who heals us. He's a healer. You need healing? Don't go to him as a good shepherd. Go to the great physician. And receive from him. And once that healing gets in your heart, it will affect your body. And you can get full of that, of him, and you can go minister healing to others. Jehovah Shammah, the Lord is present. Here's another thing that we pray many times. We get in the Old Testament where David said, Do not take your Holy Spirit from me. You know what the New Covenant says? that that would be a prayer of unbelief and doubt because the new covenant says, I will never leave you or forsake you. So many times we're praying, don't leave me, Lord. Be here, Lord. And he said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. I'll never leave you or forsake you. Just be here, Lord. Don't leave me. I'll never leave you or forsake you. David prayed it. So if David prayed it, it's good enough for me. So Lord, don't take your Holy Spirit from me. It says... The Holy Spirit will live and dwell on the inside of the believer forever, for all eternity. 
That's the reason we need to look at the new covenant and get understanding. Jehovah Jireh, our provider, he is our abundant supply. You need provision. You need finances. Whatever it is, he will provide for you, whatever you're lacking. Jehovah Mekadesh, M. Kadesh. And these are the ways I learned to say these years ago. I've heard them said all different types of ways. But M. Kadesh is the Lord who sanctifies you or he sets you apart. Do you have something that's hounding you, a temptation or something? You need to come to him. You're Jehovah M. Kadesh, the one who sets me apart, set me apart from the world, set me apart from this addiction, from the same I'm facing. And then he sets you apart unto him, unto the promises of God. So once you get these names, it opens up more avenue for you to pray and, and release your faith because he reveals himself through his names. Let's, let's bow our heads for just a moment. There's another name that all these would call redemptive names, but they're all present in Jesus Christ. Jesus fulfilled these names for us. And let me tell you about the power of the name of Jesus, who represents the Father's name. It says that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord. There's power in the name of Jesus. Great power. And this morning, if you never received Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life, you can make a decision right now that will change your eternity that will change your eternal destination. How do you do it? We're going to lead you in a prayer. You mean it from your heart? The Bible says with open arms, he will receive you. All you got to do is confess him and his lordship. Serve him, follow him. But serve him as a son. Go after him. Start reading the Bible. Get involved in prayer in the secret place and being with him and start learning of him. You know, Jesus said, learn of me because he's gentle, lonely of heart. His yoke is not heavy, but easy. It's simple, really. We need to get our strength from the Lord. We need to receive his grace. We need his help. But he's more than willing to help us. So much so that he gave the life of his son to purchase our freedom. To purchase the right for us to come to the very throne room of God and receive help and receive strength. For every head bowed, no one looking around, this morning you'd like to make a decision. It's a decision to choose Jesus. It's not a feeling. It's a decision. He'll not choose for you. The truth is, He's already chosen you. He's just waiting on you to choose Him. Now when looking around, you say, Pastor, that's me. I need Jesus today. I want to make Him the Lord of my life. I want to live for Him. I want to receive Him into my life. 
Or maybe you prayed this before and you realize you're not connected like you need to be connected. Maybe you strayed and you've gone down the path and you've, there's a separation between you and the Lord. You can come home today. You can get in on this prayer also. Not going to embarrass you, just going to pray with you. We'll all pray together. That's you. I want you to lift your hand and we're going to pray and we're going to believe God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Let's all pray this together. Say, dear God, thank you for Jesus Christ who died for me. He took my sin. He took my shame. He took my guilt. He did it all for me to purchase me, to pay the price that I could be a part of his family. And this day, I choose Jesus Christ as the Lord of my life. Thank you, Lord, for loving me enough to die for me. And now I choose to live for you. I choose to live for you, to carry your banner of the cross through my everyday life, always remembering that you're with me and you'll never leave me or forsake me. Thank you for saving me, Lord. I give you honor and I give you glory in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Let's give God thanks. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll-free at 866-383-8277.